Good morning. Well, I say good morning because it's morning at the time of this recording, but depending on when you're listening to this, I should really say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, this is Michael Camarina with the Rock Community Church. We are continuing in our study of First John. Uh, this is a study that the men of the Rock Community Church are doing on Wednesday mornings at our men's breakfast gathering every Wednesday morning. Um, for more information, you can go to our website uh, at trcclive.org. Uh, we'd love to have any men out there join us, um, fellowship with us, study God's Word, and then, of course, have a time of prayer and some really good food. Um, but we're continuing in our study of First John. As I said, this is a men's breakfast study, but it is really for everybody. anybody. I mean, this isn't only for men to study. So uh, while I'm, while we may be um, looking at the book of First John uh, as it pertains to men in some cases, but it, really, you know, any person, man, woman, or child, uh, can participate in this study along with us. Uh, the, the men's breakfast gathering is really just a time for men to come together, encourage one another, uh, hold each other accountable, um, and just be together as men, because that's really important. Men are the backbone of any church, being the spiritual leaders of our families. Uh, we really uh, need one another to lean on, to, uh, to, to, to seek guidance from one another, to learn from one another, and to learn from God's Word together. It's very important. So um, if, you, if any men out there would like to join us on Wednesday mornings, uh, we'd love to have you. Go to our website for more information. All right, let's get into our study. Let's, uh, let's read our passage. Today's passage is 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. So let's, uh, let's read our passage. The Apostle John says, Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So we are again introduced to the familiar theme of light and darkness, just as we uh, spoke of in chapter 1 of this book. Light being the way of Christ, right? The way of righteousness, which leads to eternal life. Darkness being the way of the unrepentant uh, sinner, the unrepentant sin or worldliness, which leads to eternal death. So that light represents eternal life in heaven and darkness represents eternal damnation. And so the Apostle John, uh, you know, he says in verse 10, the one who loves his brother abides in the light. And what he's saying there. In other words, is a, the moral test that is presented here is the test of love. Love. 
right? Do you love others? Do you love the brethren, fellow believers? And do you love the non-believers, those outside of the church? Do you love them? Do you love your enemy? It's a question of love. This passage focuses on what is actually a commandment, the commandment of love, the doctrine of love. And so our first bullet point uh, is that John is presenting the commandment of love, right, as an old commandment. He says this commandment of love is an old commandment. Not a new commandment, it's an old commandment. This commandment of love was nothing new to the Jews. It, it was nothing that they would not have uh, been commanded and, and remembered, right? He says, I am not writing, to you, writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. From the very beginning, the Jewish people would have had and known about this commandment of love. In fact, it goes back to the book of Deuteronomy. When the Israelites were in the wilderness waiting for God to lead them into the promised land. And in Deuteronomy 6:5, the Lord tells the Israelites that they are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then in Leviticus 19, verse 18, he tells them that they are to love their neighbors as themselves. Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. So this is not a new commandment. This is an old, very old commandment. They've had it from the beginning. And love, you know, it's really the supreme test. I, I, I guess this is just my opinion, but I, I think it's the supreme test of one's salvation. Because, it's, because love is the greatest of all commandments, right? Jesus said the greatest commandment is love. In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, when the Pharisees were asking Jesus, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus responded by quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5, which we just read. He said, you sh- the greatest commandment is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then he said that the second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, quoting Leviticus 19.18. Jesus then said in, in verse 40 of Matthew 22, he then said right after that, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. That's a profound statement. The two greatest commandments, love God and love people, this idea of love, the whole law depends on that. The prophets, the whole law and the prophets depend on love. The whole law is based around, founded on this idea of love. In other words, what he's saying is that love fulfills the law. It fulfills the law. Remember, if if you look at the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments, the first four commandments, deal with our relationship with God. Right? In Exodus uh, chapter 20, when Moses came down 
from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, the Ten Commandments. The first one being, um, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or a likeness of what is in heaven above. You shall not take the, the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't take God's name in vain. That's the third commandment. And then finally, the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. These all, four of these uh, first four commandments and the Ten Commandments, deal with our relationship with God. So if I am loving God, then I won't have any other gods before him. If I am truly loving God, I won't have any other gods before him. If I love God, I won't have any idols or worship graven images if I love God. If I love God, I won't take his name in vain. Right? If I love God, I'm going to keep the Sabbath day holy because he commanded me to. And the next six commandments deal with our relationship with people. Right? Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, servants. So those, those, those next six commandments deal with our relationships with other people. If I'm loving my neighbor, I won't murder him, right? If I love my wife, I will not commit adultery. If I love my neighbor, I'm not going to steal from him or lie to him. So the commandment of love is embedded in the Old Testament. It's embedded in the law. It's embedded in the Ten Commandments. If I have love in my heart, I won't do certain things. I won't lie and steal and covet. And I will do other things, right? I will help someone in need. I, will, I won't take God's name in vain. I won't, uh, I won't put any gods before him. Right? These things may be the details of the law, but love sums it all up. Love sums up the entire law. All of these, all of these rules, all of these laws are a moot point. If I love, if I'm loving my neighbor, if, I, if I'm loving God, this is all a moot point because I will be obeying the commandments of the law automatically if I am loving my neighbor. So this is an old commandment, right? One that dates way back to the exodus out of Egypt when, when God eventually led his people to the promised land of Israel. This is all old stuff. And so... In verse 8 of 1 John, back to 1 John chapter 2, in verse 8, John says, On the other hand, I am writing to you a new commandment, which is true in him and in you. So he says, I'm not writing a new commandment to you. This is an old commandment. But on the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you. So it's not new. On the other hand, it is new. What in the world is he talking about, right? I mean, on the surface, this statement seems to be blatantly contradictory. I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but then again, I am. What's going on? Well, let's look at the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. So we're in 1 John. Let's go to the Gospel of John in verse 13. The Gospel of John. 
written by the same John as 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. 1 John 13, I'm sorry, John, the Gospel of John 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, he says, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So this is an old commandment. And yet Jesus says this is a new commandment, that you love one another. Jesus himself declares that the commandment to love one another, the commandment to love your neighbor, is a new commandment. How is it a new commandment? The key is looking at the second half of verse 34, where he says, Even as I have loved you, you also love one another. Even as I have loved you. Did you get that? He's saying, The newness of the commandment is that you love one another the way that I have loved you. This is the newness of the commandment. It's a new commandment in the sense that it is something that is, uh, it's it's fresh, right, in in its form. It's got a new form. It's taken on a new new, uh, manifestation. It's not a new commandment in the sense of time. Because in the sense of time, it's an old commandment that dates back to the Exodus. But it's a new commandment because there is a, is, there's a new dimension to it now. John 13, Jesus is about to go to the cross, right? He's, he has loved the disciples for three years now during his, his earthly ministry. And they have seen firsthand the love that Jesus has demonstrated, right? Remember, even as I have loved you, love one another. And they've seen it firsthand the way he loves, the way Jesus loves. The newness of that commandment, the newness of that love has, had now been manifested. And so what exactly did they see? What, how did Jesus love them? What did that look like? What, what exactly are they supposed to emulate? Well, again, in, in John 13, in, in the very beginning of the chapter, in John 13, chapter, uh, verse 1, John chapter 13, verse 1, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing... That uh, test. So, how exactly did Jesus love them? What did that look like? What What are we supposed to emulate? So, you're you're in. We're in uh, John thirteen already, and so let's go back to the very very beginning of the chapter. Right, John, John chapter 13, verse 1. Okay? It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, 
having loved his own who were in the world, now here it is, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end, it says. Now there there may be a better translation from the original Greek for that last statement. Another way it could be translated would be uh, that he loved them to perfection. He loved them to perfection. He loved them perfectly. God's love, Christ's love, is perfect love. There's nothing selfish about it. There's nothing imperfect about it. And so what follows after John 13, 1, is that Jesus and the disciples were eating supper. They were eating the, the Passover meal, right? And Satan had already put it in Judas's heart to betray Jesus. Judas, Judas had already made up his mind that he was going to betray Jesus. Not long before this, the disciples were arguing over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And so, and Jesus rebukes them for that. So Judas already had a heart of betrayal. Uh, The rest of the disciples were arguing over who would be the greatest, and and Jesus rebukes them. And then what what does Jesus do in response to that? In verse 5 of John 13, it says that he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now this is, one of the, to me, one of the most amazing scenes in the Bible of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Here's why. The washing of feet was... It was, it was a task that was given to the lowliest of the lowest servants. Even the, lower, the lowest servants wouldn't do this. It, this was for the servants that were below even the lowliest servants. This is, this, you know, this is a time where feet were pretty dirty. You know, they were wearing sandals. They were not bathing as often as we do today. Uh, things were dirty. Feet got dirty. And Jesus washes their feet. While the disciples might have been happy to wash the feet of Jesus, they would never have washed one another's feet. Peers in this, in this time did not wash one another's feet, except very rarely as a show of great love. So to have Jesus wash their feet, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords, washed their feet? I mean, to say that they were shocked would be a great understatement. A great understatement. This is the love of Jesus Christ. This is the perfect love that we are to emulate. This is humble, sacrificial, gentle, submissive, perfect love. This is the creator of the universe, all-powerful God Almighty, submitting himself to the status of the lowliest of slaves. And he even loved to the point of 
death. He died for not only his disciples, but for all who would ever repent and believe. That's the perfect love of Jesus. This is the love we are to have for others. We will never have perfect love, not this side of heaven anyway. We will never do this perfectly, but as believers, we must strive for that. We must become more and more like Christ in this regard. As he sanctifies us during our walk with him, we must love more and more like him, like he loves us. You know, this passage is about the commandment of love. But John does talk about hate also. Right? He says the one who uh the one who hates his brother, this is verse 11 of 1 John 2. The one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walk walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. This is this is speaking about habitual unrepentant hate. Hate, you know, this is the kind of hate that is unrelenting. Christians love, right? They don't hate. Christians love. And if if you are the kind of person who hates and there's no repentance, it's a pattern in your life, well, then there's time to do some self-examination. Because it says, the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. Doesn't even know where he is going because the, blind, the darkness has blinded his eyes. You're not, in, you're not in the light if you hate your brother. It's the one who says he's in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. That's verse 9 of 1 John 2. One of, one, of, one of the truest evidences of our salvation is if we love. If we love. Jesus himself said it by this. In John 13, he says, um, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Christians love. You know, before... I became a believer. The one thing that I knew about genuine Christians is that they loved. They loved each other. They loved other people. And that's, that's one way I could tell if someone was a Christian or not, is if they loved. And I saw people. I, I, I talk about this a lot of times with our, our high school ministry. I saw the kids in my high school who were Christians. They loved you know they loved others and they did it well and i saw others who maybe claimed to be christians but they didn't love and i i always knew you know that guy must not really be a christian because he doesn't do a very good job of loving others this is how the world is going to know 
that we are disciples of Jesus if we love. And I don't mean just talking pleasantly with somebody, spending time with somebody, um, being polite, nice to people. I mean, yeah, that, that's part of it. But we're talking about sacrificial love. The Greek word is agape, right? We've heard that word, agape. It's an action. It's, an, it's not a feeling. It's, it's an action. It's a verb. And it's a sacrificial love where you literally sacrifice your well-being, your comfort, your finances, anything. You are sacrificing for the well-being of someone else. That's what biblical love is. When, and this is, I guess, for the men right now, when we are loving our wives, as we're commanded to, when we're loving them sacrificially, not only are we showing the world that we are disciples of Christ, but we're also giving the world a picture of Jesus' relationship with his bride, the church. When we love sacrificially. This whole idea of love is foundational. It's, it's more than foundational. It's, it's proof of our salvation. And so if you have that love, be assured in your salvation. If you're loving others sacrificially, be assured of your salvation. On the other hand, if you are one who hates, maybe talks bad about people behind their back, maybe uh, does things to hurt somebody, whether it's calling them a name, maybe it's taking something from them, Whatever it is, if you are one who hates, you're in the darkness. And you don't know where you're going because the darkness has blinded your eyes. This is, this, this might be harsh language, but this is God telling us this through, the, through 1 John, through the Apostle John. Christians love. This is how the world will know we are disciples of Christ. So are we loving sacrificially? Are we loving our wives? Are we loving our children, our, our husbands? Are we loving our neighbor as ourselves? Are we loving the non-believer, even the non-believer who may hate us? And they may hate us for the simple fact that we are Christians. Are we still loving that person? Are we loving our enemies, right? Love. It's all about love. I, uh, I hope and I pray that this message either assured you or convicted you. I, I hope that these truths will penetrate your hearts and I pray that they penetrate mine as well. This is uh this is an important 
point in Scripture that we would love. It's not a new commandment. I'm sorry, it's not just an old commandment. It's also a new commandment in the sense that we are to emulate the love that Jesus has for his children. I'll see you all next time. God bless.